Sorry for the delayed upload. This episode was recorded on Friday, May 13th, but due to myself being out of town and a little miscommunication, I didn't know it was there, but we're getting it to you now, and we should be back this Saturday with a regularly scheduled episode. Welcome to Bevington Banter, or I should say to do today, um, 2,000 Mules Banter, because that's basically what we're going to be talking about. Absolutely shocking um, to some people, to other people who were paying attention. Um, we we saw it coming, but it's still, uh, I guess it's still no less of a shock, Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary about how um, ballot harvesting and drop boxes were used to... Well, let's just say steal the election. So uh, I know I'm here with just dad again this week, um, Randy. So go ahead. And you got very fired up about this to the point that I think you've watched the documentary more than once. And you've got some stuff to say about it. Yeah, I did. I Because I wanted to make sure I really understood what they were saying. And I, I want to start by saying, um, as of right now, I'm really surprised how much it's not getting covered I mean, it's not that it's not being mentioned. They have, they can't completely ignore it, but it's not really being taken by seriously, even by a lot of people that you'd think on the right. I was really frustrated with hearing uh, Ben Shapiro's take on it. And it's like, Ben, did, did you not understand what they were saying? Because you're, you're attributing things to them they did not say. They, they did not in this documentary come and you know go and accuse and state with absolute certainty they did state with certainty that the numbers if these votes were all illegitimate would be enough to to move the needle on the electoral vote count but they didn't say that they had proof they didn't even attempt to claim in fact they said we don't know we don't know we just know that these these this number of ballots um, has a very strong indication that they were not uh, cast properly. Now, who they were for, we don't know. And we're not even saying they aren't even legitimate ballots in people's names. It's how they went about getting them. So that's that was really frustrating to hear him say that. It, sometimes for such a smart, smart guy, I, I just, I really think he's colored by his um, prejudices. Um, but anyways, I think we need to start by talking about what vote harvesting is, because that's what um, what this all really hangs on, vote harvesting. Um, do you feel comfortable in taking a shot at that or do you want me to go over it? Well, I mean, the number one thing they do, I think, I feel like the number one place that they do that is, um, like nursing homes. I mean, they go around and they basically collect mail-in ballots that were sent out or pay people for them. Right. And that was a big problem with the 2020 election is that because of COVID, they had an excuse to send out millions of uh, mail-in ballots that would not have in years past been sent out. So they went and they picked these up. Yep. Nursing homes is one of the places. They did several interviews with people in nursing homes. One woman who was 104 and literally catatonic, um, she voted. Um one woman said that they tell them they have to vote, even though she said she didn't want to vote. One woman said she was shocked to find out that her mother had voted like in the, over the last 10 years in all the elections, and there was no way she was competent to do that. So there's a lot of that. They said that there's activists that have been busted within the nursing homes on staff that do this harvesting. But it's also, they talked about how 
at colleges is a great place to go and do it because students come and go and their ballots still all get mailed to their colleges, but there's no students there to pick them up. So they go and they pick them up. They go around the neighborhoods and pick them up. You know, all these different ways that they can go about doing it. It's not just the old joke of dead people. You know, it's these are legitimate ballots in somebody's name. One person was saying how they have a friend in, in D.C. who they receive like seven ballots, seven mail-in ballots for different people who have all lived in the apartment that they yeah, live in. It, it was, a, and that's not even, it's not even just that, but I've also, I mean, it was out of control. Mail-in balloting was absolutely out of control to the point where I heard a woman tell a story about her receiving a dead ballot or a, a ballot for her dead cat. Yeah. Her dead cat. It was in her, her cat's name who was not alive anymore. How was that cat ever registered to vote? Did that cat get, did, did, do they go off like mail? Let's say that that cat got mail to that house sometime, even as a joke, someone delivered mail. Do they go off that list and illegally register people to vote that aren't even registering themselves to vote just so they can get ballots? Because I can't think of another explanation for why a cat's name would be on a voter roll. I'm sure there's a little bit of that going on, that goes on. I'm sure that was a very much an exception, but I'm sure it does happen. Um, I, they basically looked for any excuse they could to send out ballots because it wasn't about sending out the ballots to the people. It was about sending out ballots that could be harvested. So they have people that do this. They have all of these, and this is what they in the, found in this uh, documentary, 2000 Mules. They have all these what they call you know NGOs, non-governmental uh, organizations, nonprofits that supposedly are out there out of the kindness of their heart, assisting people in their voting, help you to vote. We'll take you know help. We'll we'll pick up your ballot for you. We'll see that it gets yeah, to the drop like box. Mark Zuckerberg, he's the nicest guy. Amy. Right, right. Then he helped he helped all those people yes. in Wisconsin vote. What a good guy. Yeah. So they had all these um, what they called them NGOs, they're non-government organizations that were active you know, activated for this, going around harvesting these votes. And and then they were held and collected. And one woman talked about people bringing in stacks of ballots that were collected and piling them on a desk with other ballots. Then she was instructed to go take them and, and drop them in a drop box. But anyways, um, and then these, what they called them mules, because it, similar to like a drug mule, they would go to the NGOs and they would pick up a, a certain number of ballots. They would take them to multiple drop boxes so that you weren't shoving 100 of them all into one box. You know, they do on average, they said on average, they calculated five ballots per drop box. And then they would go to six, eight, 20, 50 <laughs> drop boxes spread out over counties. They would put them in the boxes. They showed them, they had video of them taking pictures of themselves or videoing themselves, putting them into the box, the drop boxes, because this is a way that they could prove that they did it and they could get paid on average $10 per ballot. So this was the whole system. And, and I, I started by really recording a lot of the numbers. And the thing that you have to understand is that they only, the, the organization that did this, Dinesh D'Souza, along with this was um, True the Vote is the name of the organization, they looked for, using cell phone data, this um, activity, suspicious activity that would indicate this, around basically the five major areas where uh, the election turned on, such as Detroit and Philadelphia and Atlanta, um, Arizona, um, where, um, um, Milwaukee. These were places where, uh, that turned the vote. We all went to bed you know, on Tuesday night thinking Trump was winning and we got up the next morning and 
Biden was winning, and it was these areas that had the votes that came in that was turning the vote in Biden's favor. So they went out, and there are literally thousands, tens of thousands of apps on your phone that track your geolocation, your cell phone geolocation. And advertisers purchase this data to do advertising, to push notifications and ads and all kinds of things. So they went out, and they looked at this, and they looked identified people that looked like they were involved in this practice and they purchased 10 trillion data points cell pinks 10 trillion and then they begin to map them out and so this is where they just got their data they end up running a program basically every one of those pings has its own individual identifier so that individual identifier is an individual person or at the very least an individual device they know they know the the phone they know specifically what phone it is which you can assume for the most part, stays with the same person. Um, And then you can go through and you can limit those based on those individual addresses. And you can start to see how many of them came within a certain distance of however many drop boxes. So, And NGOs that they would go to to pick up the votes. Yeah, it's a lot of programming stuff. But if you write the correct program, eventually it will filter through all that data and it will collect all the pings. And um, for for every... um, identifier. It's basically an IP address. Right. And let's like face for it. A, for a wireless phone. And then however many came within a certain distance of 10 drop boxes is where they started. So they were only looking at those that came within 10 or more drop boxes. So kind of limiting themselves and still came up with 2,000 plus individuals. Right. So if somebody went to eight drop box, different drop boxes, they did not get they counted. They didn't get counted. Right. Which is which is even which is crazy. Well, when they went when they lowered their number just for the for grins to see what the number would be to 5, it went from 2000 mules to like 254,000 mules. So I I had the number written down somewhere we'll get to, but it, so that was the process. Now I want to say one thing. If you've heard anything about fact checking this 2000 mules documentary, it's that cell phone the cell geolocation is not that accurate. Um, first of all, I want to go back to something Gates said about yeah, every phone has its own specific address so they know whose phone it is they might not know it's in that person's pocket but they know specifically whose phone it is but let's face it how many of us give our phone to other people my phone is with me and with me only it's nobody else has my phone it's and and that's the way the vast 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 majority of people are so that phone is on that person almost you know you can be fairly pretty confident of that yeah but they immediately follow their they're not that um I was reading AP's fact checked and they immediately followed their statement of it's not that accurate with it's only accurate within a few meters, a few meters. Yeah, I want to, um, I can lean that far. Right. Well, I <laughs> want to state this. I, I saw, um, and that's where I was going to go. That's, that's the only real pushback that they've had that I've seen. I mean, because there's, and then other things are saying that they, they're not, they're blaming them of asserting things that they never asserted in the video. But, the geolocation accuracy, I, I saw where it said it's only accurate within a couple of meters. Folks, That's your, really close. Y- your arm is longer than a couple of meters. Well, I don't know if it's longer than a couple of meters because like a, a c- couple you know, of meters is like yeah. 26 inches. Oh, no, a meter, a meter is just over a yard. Yeah, so I a meter is like a yard. Back. So like, so, but if you're six foot tall, your right, wingspan, right. your wingspan is a couple meters. Right. So, so for you to say a few meters, I mean, that is, well, they use that to airstrike people. 
Yes, they stick missiles in your ear with this kind of data. Yeah. From you know, they drone you with this kind of data. In fact, they rely on it for federal investigations. Yes, it's, it's admissible in a court of law, <laughs> but it's not accurate enough. So um, that's like so. It's as accurate as DNA is basically what you're saying. Right. Exactly. It's, it's really well, stinking but, accurate. But here's the thing: they did not. In in deciphering all of this data, they didn't simply look at people that were in the location of a drop box within a couple of meters. They looked for them that this person went to, they went up to this drop box, pause, and then turn around and retreated from it. They didn't walk past it. They didn't go close to it. They went to it and then they went on from it. So you could, you could see a specific, it's not like they just simply walked past it and happened to be close to it. Not to mention anybody they, that, like remember, that, they, they threw it out. They included people also where you had to be coming from one of those NGOs. Right, right. You started for them to have counted right, you. you went to, so here was the criteria. It's so dishonest. Here it's was so the criteria. dishonest to fact check this. Um, well, first of all, they started out, they had 4 million minutes of official state video. And even then, a lot of video was missing. Even though video is required by law on these drop boxes, a lot of places didn't have video. One place responded to them, we can't explain why. Right. All just, right. just know that we don't have it. We but don't have the video. They only what? counted people who went to at least 10, bo- 10 drop boxes and an NGO or these stash houses. They had, to, they had to do both. Go to at least 10 drop boxes and go to an NGO where they would have been picking up ballots. So here's for an example in Atlanta. They were but people that met that criteria... There were 242 people. They went to an average of 28 drop boxes. Okay, so this isn't, again, just passing by. They saw you go to it. They saw you then retreat from it after coming from a stash house and then proceed to another drop box because these people were doing this over the course of hours, going from box to box to box. So, and this wasn't just one run. Remember, these the, they could have been doing this over the course of a couple weeks because you, you had access to drop boxes for a long time. Right. Um, where... Just a quick question. Is that the place where they used the specific example? Was that Atlanta, the one guy that went to 27 drop boxes and five NGOs in one night? 27 drop boxes, over six, six counties. Over six counties. Was that Atlanta? Um, it was one of the – it was it, it was, was an individual example they used. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I wrote it. But very specifically, when they talked about that one individual, 27 right. drop boxes, six counties, right. five NGOs all in the same night. Yeah, I, I don't know if I. Went, it was I in one it. of these. It was in it one was, of these places. But yes, because um, they they showed a map, right, of where he went. It was. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's another thing is the the map. It's 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 accurate. It looks like somebody traveling. I mean, yeah. So it's not all over the place. It's not. Oh, that wasn't very accurate. So, anyways, again, Atlanta, twenty two hundred forty two mules, twenty eight box drops on uh, drop boxes on average. Eight NGOs they went to, and the. The, so you have to calculate on average five votes. They said per per drop box, and, and um, the margin of victory that Biden had in in Georgia was eleven ten to eleven thousand votes. So we'll look at look at that later on. Uh, Arizona had a little over two hundred mules. They did not give the number of average drop boxes NGOs, but NPR said the margin for Biden there was 10,457 uh, votes that he won by in Arizona. Wisconsin, 28 drop boxes, a, uh, a little over 100 mules on average. Again, average 28 drop boxes. Michigan, 500 plus mules. This is Detroit. Now, this was Detroit. Wisconsin was specifically Milwaukee. Arizona was specifically Phoenix. Um, 
Detroit, 500 plus mules. Some people went to over 100 drop boxes. That's not just randomly passing by no, a no, drop no. box. Don't, that, don't worry. That is just a statistical anomaly. Yeah. It's... Uh, and so, and in Pennsylvania, specifically Philadelphia, 1,100 mules, close to 50 drop boxes each, and they visited eight NGOs. And they also saw people there on this geo-reference cell data, people driving back and forth over the bridge from New Jersey. And on top of all of that, Philadelphia and Pennsylvania as a whole is even worse because their their state law specifically says that they can't do mail-in balloting, that they can't do drop boxes. So all this that happened, uh, even the legal votes shouldn't have happened at, right. anyway. And it was unconstitutional in the state of Pennsylvania to do that. And that was the that was the only accusation, so to speak, that the filmmakers made is that these votes we don't know whose names on them we don't know who they voted for we just know that they were cast in an illegal manner you can't there are some states that don't allow you to drop off anybody's vote and there are some states that will allow you to drop off like family members but nowhere allows you to just simply collect people's votes and take a stack of them and drop them off and yeah, they, and especially be paid for them. I mean, and that's one thing where they said, like, oh, you know, um, they alleged that they were being paid for, uh, getting paid to take them. Um, why else would they have stopped every time they dropped off votes, knelt down and, like, taken a picture or a video of the Dropbox? Right. Because that's their evidence. That's the way they go back to the NGO and get paid. Right. They Because they took a picture as proof of, hey, I went to this Dropbox. Right. And... The, there were um, they showed also this was very interesting. They had video of people. There was a woman they showed that walked up to a drop box with uh, several ballots. Um, there was a trash can off kind of her oh, to her right. You have to start. You have to start with why I she am. was doing I'm this in the there. first place. I'm getting there. The fingerprint thing. Right. I'm getting there. So she had she went up there and she dropped the ballots in the box. And then she had on like surgical gloves, blue surgical gloves, that once she dropped the ballots in, she peeled them off, turned to a trash can that she did not look at on her way up there. It just turned right to it like she knew it was there, dropped the rubber gloves into the trash can and walked off. So she was familiar with that spot, knowing where the trash can was. Maybe she'd been there before, but that was on December 23rd. And they were like, and they started noticing this after December 23rd, that all of a sudden people were starting to, all these People were wearing rubber gloves. Well, it turned out that on December 22nd, an indictment had come down of somebody that got busted on doing illegal uh, mail-in balloting, and the re- the way they got them was by during their fingerprints. The, yeah, and that was during the general election, and this this was now um, this was now doing it in the state of Georgia for the runoff, Senate runoff. Right, the Senate um, runoff. And the person that had been busted just before this for fingerprints had been doing it during the general election. Um so, so yeah, yeah, all of a sudden they're wearing gloves. Actually, I, I get this written down. It was th- this was in the runoff, and there was a lot of stuff that went on during that Georgia runoff. Um, it was on December twenty sixth at one a.m. <laughs> this person, and but it was at, it was starting December twenty third. They first noticed people wearing surgical gloves because that's when the, I vote because of the uh, yeah, yeah. One I of them they, one of them they mentioned it was like three fifty seven a.m. This guy's up there just shoving in ballots into a drop. He box. dropped some. 
Yeah. And, uh, is that the guy that uh, he drops some on yeah. the ground, picks them up, puts some more in, and then he kind of like jogs back to his car on the video. Like he picks up the pace and jogs back to his car. Well, he had more drop boxes to go to. Yeah, he was on a he was on a time crunch. He had to get them. He had to get all of them done by six a.m. So, when you when you boil all this down, I mean, again, it's they're saying that um, we don't know who these votes were for, but we're saying, my God, wouldn't somebody want to look into this? Or yeah. or, or say or say we're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. We are not doing this mail-in balloting like this again. And some states have done that, and that's why they are getting attacked for limiting the vote or, or um, you know, uh, putting uh, irrational regulations on voting and trying to you suppress like people turning ID? out. So, yeah. So, I mean, Texas and Georgia, Georgia being one of the states that was, you know, pretty pivotal in the election, they have passed laws um, that don't allow for mail-in ballots anymore. And... One thing that I, I think that those states should do, I've thought about this, because if they make the argument that you're um, limiting availability to voting, I think they should pass. I do think that Election Day should be a holiday, because if everyone does vote on Election Day, which I think we should go back to, um, there will be a lot of people there, and it could take you quite some time to vote. I think that Election Day should be a holiday, and I think along with those bills that get rid of mail-in balloting and that put more restrictions on any type of absentee balloting, um, I think that they should make it a state holiday and say, hey, we have completely freed you up to come, you know, to come vote. Yeah, one thing people don't, you know, open up more polls and make it a holiday. One yeah. people, things people don't understand is these drop boxes. You assume that the state owns all of them. A ton of them were placed by Mark Zuckerberg and his Zuckbucks and Soros and other of these organizations. They gave millions and tens of hundreds of millions of dollars. And they were play, placing drop boxes and a lot of other things that were going on, voter registration and all the harvesting. And um, so it's not simply so the state needs to control it. They need to open up polls and give people the chance to go in and vote. And then the, those, the, the, the very legitimate reasons why you need a mail-in, okay. But, uh, but you got to prove it. And all that. Here's the other thing that they, they talked about, that it's so hard. Once that mail-in ballot goes into the box and then it's picked up, then it's, the, the envelope is separate, opened and it's separated from the envelope that's got the signature envelope. Once that's done... And that envelope is separated from the ballot. There, there is no way to tell whose ballot that is. It's anonymous. So you talk about, well, why don't they just go look and see who it is? Well, you can't. Once that envelope is opened and the ballot is taken out, it's, there's no longer the chain of custody is broke and there's no, nothing on the, the ballot itself that tells you whose ballot it is. You can't go there, back now and look at it and see who did this. And there were states changing rules about whether or not to accept ballots that had signatures at all. Right. And not to mention when you have, you know, poll watchers were, because of COVID, were told that they had to stand so far back and the poll watchers can't check to make sure that the poll watchers are even checking Uh for uh, signatures. Dinesh D'Souza's wife was saying that uh, she was working as a poll watcher and uh, people had come in that spoke Spanish and one of the poll workers 
was telling them in Spanish who they were supposed to vote for and didn't not knowing that Dinesh D'Souza's wife spoke Spanish and she busted this busted this guy. I mean, but I'm sure that stuff goes on all the time. Can but you that wasn't in 2020. No, no, no. Here's the thing. They have a system in place. They've just they just really went for it big time. And, and all the mail in ballots due to COVID allow them to do it. And now this system it, is this system is in place. If it does not get corrected, they've got this system in place to just repeat this over and over and over yeah. again. And I've always thought I've always thought that it wasn't really the voting machine thing because that was so much harder to, to, to prove. But when you had that voting center in Detroit that was putting those big car, those big boards up over the window so that people couldn't see the people counting the votes inside, there weren't any uh, there were no poll watchers allowed to be in there. They were blocking their view. And then you had that one van pull up outside with and then bring a wagon of votes in at like two in the morning. It was always, always about putting in fake paper ballots. It was not the voting right. machines. It was it was ballot harvesting. There was a, uh, a private investigator that they interviewed um, who was hired by the National Republican something committee um, NRSC. Uh, to watch drop boxes and he saw and he videoed people you know putting all these ballots into ballot boxes and he said there were cars from many different states that were showing up and doing this and he said that in his his opinion as a law enforcement person it definitely was evidence that warranted it should if you turn it out it should be investigated um yeah here's i want to i want to read this and i tried to be uh, because this is critical to something else that's going on in our country. This is an NGO informant that they, one of these stash house workers that they interviewed, says, um, and this was in Arizona. She said that she received ballots all week long, and at the end, people would bring in these ballots that they've harvested, and at the end of the uh, on Fridays they'd come in and they'd get paid for the number of ballots they'd brought in. Sometimes the person she worked for would would uh, take the ballots to. Um, themselves and drop them off and other times they'd ask her to drop them in boxes that had no video surveillance on them they'd say use this drop box and they said and well, she'd say why and they'd say and why they'd and say, say, because there's no, no video. video surveillance so she did this hundreds of ballots and she did it at night the informant said that the elections are she said they are fixed and they have been fixed they already know who is going to win the election before they take place. These are her quotes. She said, uh, the informant said that they target Hispanic voters because most of them are not well educated and they are elderly and 90% of them do not drive or have anyone drive them. So these are one of the primary people that they harvest votes from. They go to these elderly people and they get their ballots and they cast their votes for them. Now do you think maybe why they want to let so many illegal from south of the border into the country it also makes you think that really the only way there was only one reason that trump won and it was because the poll the polls like uh were terrible they yeah had trump too, at a 90 percent chance home, of winning many stayed home Way too many stayed home because they thought it was a guaranteed win. And that is the only reason that Trump was even able to win at all. Because yeah, if they thought that, that he had a chance, if they thought that he had even a chance at winning, they would have made sure that he didn't. Right, right. Well, like she said, they know who's going to win before they do the election. 
Yeah. Let, let me read this final thing she said. This informant said that when she first moved to San Luis, Arizona, this is where she worked, she had a longtime friend who asked her for her ballot. She refused. They have not spoken to me since. When she volunteered to work uh, as a foreman to try to fix this problem, um, they told her not to do it because she would end up in pieces in a trash can. She calls them the Mexican Mafia because she said that's how they operate. Anyway, you want to talk about the, uh, the estimated numbers? of actual illegal votes and these are conservative estimates yeah so they started off uh with doing the calculus of two two thousand mules with an average of 28 drop boxes depositing five ballots each that's three hundred and eighty thousand votes okay um again this is a this, and these are only these small areas this isn't nationally these are these five areas where the election turned so here's the way it goes. Georgia had they, that there's added up to with um, 30,000 illegal votes. There was an 11,000 vote margin, 10 to 11,000 vote margin for Biden. So um, that's a swing of 32 votes, 16 added to Trump and 16 taken away from Biden. So that would go in Biden's that would go in Trump's favor. Um and again, this is just to say, this is only with the 2,000 mules. This is not when they expanded it. Um, so, and, and, and it's also them simply saying, it's not for sure that it, that it, right. that it did affect the election. It's that it could, it, and right. that they are guaranteed illegal votes. Right. So Michigan, uh, they had 125,000 illegal votes. That's what we don't know who they voted for. They just they're just they were illegally cast. Uh, Biden won by 154,000. So Michigan would not have swung to Biden. It would it would to Trump. It would have stayed Biden. Wisconsin had 14,000 illegal votes. They had a 20,000 vote margin for Biden. So again, it would not have swung in Trump's favor. They would have stayed in Biden's camp. But like I said, Georgia would have swung. That's a 32-point electoral vote reversal. Arizona had 20,000 illegal votes. Um, Biden had a 10,000-vote margin of victory. So that would have been a 12. Uh, that would have been a 22-vote swing. 11 added to Trump. 11 taken away from Biden. Pennsylvania had 275,000 illegal votes cast. There was an 80,000-vote margin for Biden. Therefore, Trump would have had a 40, or there would have been a 40-vote electoral swing for for Trump 20 for Trump 20 minus Biden that adds up to 279 Trump 259 Biden and then when you lower the standard from five drop boxes to or from 10 drop boxes to five drop boxes that goes from uh 200 or 2000 mules I'm sorry to 54000 mules and it and it adds up to 810,000 illegal votes. And then it goes through the numbers again, which I won't do. But it ends up at uh, 305 for if you lowered it to five votes. If all the if if all those illegal votes were for Biden, Trump ends up with 305 electoral votes. And I as far as the Michigan thing goes, because you're right, if you expand it to five uh, to, to, or if, to only five drop boxes, then 
all of those states could potentially right. get flipped for Trump. And I'm just saying, there was no reason for them to bring the vans with the wagons full of ballots right. at two in the morning if it weren't the if Trump weren't winning. Right. So you can't tell me that Trump wasn't winning Michigan, and they started bringing in uh, unmarked boxes in little red wagons, and then blocking the window so people couldn't see. Yeah. So I I, I always thought it was the paper ballots. So the thing about this is, is you're not hearing much about it. Even the even the conservatives I've heard comment on it are basically going, well, I they're not I don't buy this, you know, Dinesh D'Souza video because and then they say why. And they're attributing claims to them that they never made. All they're saying is this is illegal and it needs to be looked at because if. If it is a big Democrat operation, then it certainly has the potential to change the election. Would somebody please do the law enforcement on this? Now, one of the criticisms was that um, they hadn't released any of the names of the stash houses. So you know what? True the Vote is now saying, okay, we'll release the names, of the, we'll release the addresses and the names of these buildings where these stash houses were. We're, We'll do that. Um, And if they want another step, if I were them, I'd say, I'm going to release the name of the people. The cell phone, right. But you know what? Release the owners of the cell phones. And that was the criticism of them, too. Well, then how come you didn't go and interview? They're they're not law enforcement. It's not not their job to go interview these people. It's just evidence to hopefully bring about an investigation. You would think that some law enforcement agent would want to go talk to these people. Yeah, hmm, let's go look into this. Let's see. Or at least, or at least, here's the thing. You know True the Vote has the information. You want to really discredit them? Go ask them for it. Right. Go subpoena the evidence that they've collected and prove that it's wrong. Or use it to file charges against the people that did it. One or the other. And you know We're what? We're talking about, though, the American KGB. So they're not going right. to do that. So the Department of Def- Justice Department, they may say, well, you know, there's no, there's nothing that would make us say that we have a grounds to, to, you know, have a subpoena, but, but Congress could, could, could subpoena them to they testify. They also don't need, and they, they don't also want to. don't need to subpoena what's willingly given to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they'd Just be, they'd be happy to turn it out. Copies give, of it over. Give it to all of, give, give all of it to them and, and say, Hey, tell me this is wrong. Right. Right. I mean, if I'm if I'm a an F if well not if I'm an FBI in the old if I was an old time FBI agent, not a current FBI agent, I would say, look, I have your cell phone data here. You went to 28 drop boxes over six counties, uh, in, in a matter of you know s- several hours. Um, what what explain that to me? And here we have video of you. Can you tell me what you were doing? Explain this. I mean, yeah, wh- because you. And, and some of these people, you know, they're going to just fold. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're going to say everything. They're going to they're gonna like say I was suit. paid. I was paid this much per ballot. I would go in and this is how it worked. They would give me this and I would take that. Yeah, and then absolutely. I would take a picture and I'd send the picture to them. They would start singing immediately if they're looking at an FBI agent across the table. Yep. Yep. Threatening him with all kinds. But they of stuff. won't do it. Go in and threaten them the same way you threatened all the January six people that you've got to to who basically did nothing but maybe trespass and you got them, you know, pleading guilty to all kinds of insane stuff and getting multi year jail sentences. Threaten them the same way. Now that was something that the the gentleman from True the Vote said that was really interesting. He said, "Look, this cell phone data being you're being tracked." These people at the January 6th that got arrested, they were being tracked 
before January 6th. He said, how do I know that? He said, because I know what it took us to identify all of the, these people. The, he said, there were people being arrested three, four, and five days after January 6th. He said, there is no way to do that that rapidly starting from scratch with this cell phone data. You had to be already tracking these people ahead of time and know who they are and know their patterns of movements and all that ahead of January 6th in order to go out and arrest one of them four days afterwards. These investigations have to lead to charges. They have to lead to charges, but the other thing that they have to do is they have to lead to mail-in ballots just being over, done, not happening anymore. Drop boxes not happening anymore because now that they've seen this, if they don't get rid of those things, what's going to happen next is they're going to turn off even more cameras watching drop boxes and the mules are going to stop taking their phones with them and they're going to come up with some other system in a way where they're not carrying a tracking device in their pocket and that evidence is gone. No video, no geolocation data and the next time you won't be able to see right. their movements. And if we don't put rules in place to get rid of it now, they are going to adjust knowing now that this is how we get caught to not getting caught right well this is what so I've that's been... one downside you know they've revealed we've have, revealed our techniques to know how we've revealed the techniques yeah. and but the, the thing is is that you were never going to in private convince the fbi to investigate it you have to create enough of a public outcry to get them to look into it and that was really your only chance of getting anything to happen if it's going to happen at all you had to create the outrage to get an investigation because you couldn't have done it privately. You couldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't do it. Think about this back after the 2020 vote. Even somebody as, you know, you know, some goofy guy doing a podcast, Stephen Crowder, was going to some of these addresses and finding them in the middle of a field or under an overpass. Under an overpass. And, and they shut him down. They kicked him off YouTube and they shut him down and just like they do with the Hunter Biden laptop story and wouldn't let it get it get out. So they may end up having to spend a, a, some money and people are going to need to fund it to go out there and hire PIs to start tracking these people down and putting a mic and a camera in their face and asking these questions if law enforcement won't do it. But you're right because it goes back to what I've said multiple times now. They're doing insane things that are causing everybody tell saying there's going to be this red wave, but they're still continuing to be insane and getting more insane. That only tells me they're not worried about the election because they know who wins before the election takes place. Give me another explanation. Tell me I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong. I hope that the next I hope that the numbers are uncheatable. Well, that's uh, why I'm this, hoping this that, that it's so the numbers are so big they can't overcome it. The other thing they got going is that it's not this is not a presidential electoral vote system where you only need to swing five five cities. Yes, and also I want to just talk about all the stories we heard back then, saying more people there were more votes recorded in this area than there were registered voters i mean that's the kind of stuff where if you force them to cheat to that level and even more this time around i would hope that it would be undeniable i you have a number on here that was something that stuck out to me as well um here um in in gwinnett georgia uh there was a a box that over the course of 25 hours there were 271 individuals who went to that drop box but the chain of custody report from the box said that they collected 1,962 ballots in the same amount of time from 271 people so everybody dropped That's off five the, ballots 
that's the kind of stuff that should be undeniable. Just right. like, well, there's more. There were more votes than there were right. registered voters. So they have possible. they have video of 272 people going to the box, but over 1,100 ballots were in the box. No, 271 One. and 1,900 ballots. Okay, so over five. Over they average over five yeah. ballots per person. Oh yeah, six, seven ballots, eight ballots, seven to eight ballots per person. Which you know that some of those individuals put their one and only ballot in the right. box. Some of them were legit. So, yeah, so somebody put 25 votes in there. Yeah. Um, it, it, it I, I don't know. I don't know. But that that's the kind of stuff that you would think would be, you can't argue with that. So let's, yeah, because, again, it proves nothing other than the fact that there were illegal votes cast. Let's yes. figure Could out. for anybody. Let's figure out why and how and let's stop it. Yes. No more mail-in voting. Very few absentee reasons for absentee voting. Vote election day at a poll. Make it a holiday. Don't let, you don't have an excuse not to go. Don't let every Latin person that crosses the border into the country so that they can become vote harvested. Um. So let's use this to talk about what's going on currently with the FBI, since it would seem like these are people that should investigate this. They are FBI agents are starting to leak. Finally, three instances that I know of in just the past week. Yeah, you had you had a couple that I didn't know about. Well, the first the first one that I'll talk about is the fact that the FBI is investigating some of their own agents who were involved with the January 6th or were just there. They weren't even necessarily people who went into the Capitol. My guess is they didn't go into the Capitol. But just the fact that they were there um, is leading the FBI to investigate their own agents. And it says that the, uh, a story from the Daily Wire says that the FBI took action against its agents under, quote, adjudicative guideline A, which is allegiance to the United States. So, because they, because they uh, used their First Amendment right to protest, or they are now... Or simply be present. Yeah, they're now being investigated by their own agency for no longer being loyal to the United States. So, yeah, there's, that's, just, that's just crazy. They, they, they are... We have become... I mean, every week, I think this is as bad as it gets, and it's worse. And then the next week, it gets worse. This is as totalitarian as you got. When you have, as you, when the FBI is going after its own people, they will destroy your life because you happen to be in a certain location, uh, and this is all political. Um, the other, another one I that I was just listening to was um, Project Veritas. A whistleblower from the FBI came out to them uh, a while back. The the head of Project Veritas, FBI did one of these, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., morning raids, full tactical gear, a dozen guys with guns and all this kind of stuff, you know, crashing on your door, uh, taking all your, uh, you know, dragging you out in the hallway of your apartment building in your underwear and handcuffing you, taking your laptop and cell phone and all these things. And this guy is, say, is saying, um, yeah, I, I ran across the files and it's purely political. And that's this is this guy has First Amendment media protection. And this all happened because he got his they got their hands at Project Veritas on a diary that was supposed that was believed to be from Joe Biden's um, 
Is it is it a step? Is she, is she a stepdaughter or a daughter? I think it's his daughter. It's a daughter with him with him and Jill. So it, it's Bo and it's Bo and, and what Hunter's half sister. Half sister. Yeah. sister. And her name is Bo Bergdahl. <laughs> Bo Bergdahl's half. That's why they have different last names. But anyways, supposedly this diary had some really creepy stuff in it. Like her showering with him yes. at at a yes too but uh, too much age. But but Project Veritas did not publish it. They had just enough doubt that they could not verify that they did not publish. In fact, I think they even turned it back over to somebody. In in in, in I think the FBI. Yeah, and because I'm of all sure of this, they turned it over to the FBI. Because of all because this, they raid James O'Keefe, Project Veritas. Hey. Hey, we're going to raid you for having journalistic integrity. <laughs> it's insane. You're supposed to always just go off the cuff on unverifiable sources. That's the rule. If you want to be a journalist, that you report every single thing you're given. <laughs> so, the there was there one you you said there were like two things. Was there one other one? Oh, the one other whistleblower was the one that said that it absolutely wasn't true what Merrick Garland said in front of Congress that they oh. weren't targeting right. um, parents that uh, of the parent going to the um, school board meetings right. because that one that one father who was upset that the board flat out lied about his daughter being raped in the bathroom. Um, they had a file on that guy, and it said that he was that. Um, he hadn't done anything criminal, but that he had guns, and he was for sure an insurrectionist. They were filing this. They, they this was like classified at the FBI as they the the parents were classified as counter terrorists. This was a this was a counter terrorism operation. Parents being upset that their kids are being lied about about being raped and taught you know critical race theory and taught all this transgenderism stuff. Those parents being upset about that. Are terrorists. Well, the the young guy who committed the rape has been charged with rape, so I don't think it was a I don't think it was a mischaracterization characterization yeah. of what happened. If he's been charged with rape, they said um, that their operation was counterterrorism, right. obviously. Right. The, which and if they if they classify their own operation as counterterrorism, that clearly means that they say the parents are terrorists. Right. But it also gives them the ability to skirt laws that otherwise that they wouldn't be able to skirt oh yeah you know the law that should be gone by now i mean we pulled we pulled out of afghanistan um but they won't give up the the patriot act right. that was supposed to end the patriot act but they never ended it and if they classify right. you as a terrorist they don't need to do there's no due process you're an enemy combatant basically right so here's another one if you want to check this out on the new york post we're hearing about the um uh, baby formula shortage. People that you know, there's a particular brand for children who have sensitivity, digestive issues, and they can't just do any old generic baby formula. Um, anyways, on the New York Post, um, they have border detention center uh, looks stocked with. They're, they're sending pallets and pallets of baby formula to the border for illegal I immigrants. Well, it's, it's Cali Pat, yeah, Cali Pat, Pat, not Patters, Paterson, P A T T E S O N. And Marianne Martinez, and there's a, a congresswoman, um, 
Representative Kat Kamek uh, showed photos of all these formulas and other baby foods just sitting on pallets and shelves at the border. Um, and while we got people here who are in real trouble with their kids um, being able to get this formula. Yeah, it's in Ukraine. I heard that uh, there's other countries in Europe that have plenty of formula. And our government is not doing anything about going to them and getting some relief in our situation. And but instead, Or, just, sending- having, or just cutting out the middleman and just have... Just urge you, uh, the other European countries to send to send to Ukraine, and, and not us at all. And I, and at the same time, we'll stick a forty billion dollar check in with that baby formula and send it to you. I'm sorry, but when I saw that he signed whatever act that was to expedite our money going to Ukraine, that was basically an act it was it was a it was signing an act of proxy war it's essentially oh. an act of war against russia through a proxy because yeah. we are now funding we we have now given more money to ukraine than we spent in, in our first two years in, in afghanistan. the first two years in afghanistan it's a proxy war we yeah. are at war with russia and it seems like i mean i <laughs> It seems like they're having some success against Russia. That Russia's things are going really badly for Russia, until they until somebody just decides, well, screw it, we'll just push a nuke. Russia's going to use a tactical nuke. Something that I heard um, as a as a possible theory is that Russia's going to use a tactical nuke so that NATO comes down hard on him, and then he backs off so that he can say to his people, "Look, I did what I could, but we can't take on all of NATO." And then back away and completely pull out. So use the nuke to show strong force, but then also get backed down by NATO and have that be an excuse for him getting out of there. There's, they're they're uh, saying that Russia is literally running out of people for soldiers. And, and, and I just I feel like they're baiting us into into an an actual war. Here's another. There's no way they're giving it. All, there's no way they're giving it their all. Look at this. They just had one of their best tanks destroyed. They had their, their flagship destroyed, and we're stupid enough to go, we did that, we did that, we helped them target it, um, <laughs> you know, and send them the missiles to do it. Um, yeah, don't you think it would humiliate them even more if we just let them believe that Ukrainians Ukraine did, yeah, did all that themselves? I heard this, though, along with the number, with this idea that they're running out of people to, you know, to go into the army, um, that almost 40% of the adult male population are alcoholics functioning alcoholics though now here's the funny number they were started talking about these numbers around the united around the world what countries have the highest number of you know percentages of alcoholic you know what country has the highest percentage of adult female alcoholics the united states yep 11 percent it's all them they drink all those wines the soccer moms i guess getting blasted on wine all the karens they always show like they're this. Oh, I'm only going to have that meme about like, oh, I'm only going to have one glass. But it's yeah. like a fishbowl yeah. on a stick. <laughs> and they're like dumping two whole wine bottles in it. And so only one one glass with dinner. Fishbowl on a stick. Yeah. That's what so it is. anyways, it's just so, yeah, baby formula is piling. has got it at the border. In the meantime, there's now starting to talk about maybe uh, having to um, ration diesel. Uh, Texas is preparing for brownouts. 
Texas people. This is where we produce oil from, and they're going to have brownouts. Are you serious? Uh, California, they're talking maybe brownouts and blackouts this summer because oh, of the energy California demand. already had California already had rolling blackouts. You had like a day where you had no power. We used it was to like have, an assigned have day of the week to you, have no power. Do you remember that? We used to have brownouts when we lived there. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just crazy. There's no and there's no and there and there's no reason for it. That's the thing. Um, and and they want more and more. You know these electric vehicles. We got to get away from using the you know um, carbon-based fuels and all this kind of stuff. And yet we couldn't we couldn't begin to power. Uh, electric vehicles if we wanted to if everybody went to them they we couldn't even come close and there's areas where they talk about i mean the the electric there's areas where 97 percent of the electricity generated comes from carbon-based fuels you know oil and natural gas and and this kind of stuff so what what it's just so it's so crazy it's so ridiculous there the electrical even if you were to produce that much power the infrastructure that exists can't push that much power it's not possible right we don't even be close to have the infrastructure to do, to do no it. no way we we don't have we don't have power lines that are large enough to handle well, to handle that capacity they here, don't they don't exist here's the other thing is when you talk about diesel you're talking about farming and transportation to haul goods to to market including food so think about the that's, impact it's, if you're that's gonna, not a problem that's not a problem because there's no food to transport well and how are you gonna um it's talk it's called local farmers here they're talking about how much it's going to cost them i mean thousands tens and if not a hundred thousand dollars more in a year this coming year to to um to produce their crop because of diesel well, costs and fertilizers. Yeah, it's fuel alone, and not to mention fertilizer, right. which those places keep blowing up for some reason. Right, and well, and a lot of them are petroleum based. They they have a petroleum based in the in the fertilizer. So, so and, and, and to top it all off, Biden announced that he is uh, rescinding the lease agreements with the oil companies in Alaska and one other place. Yeah. Was it, I don't know if it's Texas. It doesn't matter. Um, in in the midst of all of this, we are going to remove even more production of oil, of crude oil. Right. You know, and another one, I just keep waiting. It's coming. Shanghai is still locked down. That, that That's going to show up in the supply chain here in the next three to six to seven months because they're not producing. All of our up, goods it, come from there and they're not producing them and they're not shipping them. The, it will show up longer than that because when they lift those, they're going to find a bunch of bodies in those apartments. The, it's going to last longer than that. Well, I'm saying it's going to show up a couple months down the road. It's yeah. going to start showing. Yeah. It's going to show up here. But they show a satellite shot of the port in Shanghai. It looks like you're looking at stars in the sky. There are so many ships just sitting there because they, they don't have, they can't get loaded. That that's and since we get so much, um, we even we even I've been listening to this. We even get a lot of our technology for our military weaponry comes from China. Now, how that's dumb insane. is that? That's insane because I've I've seen uh, stories before where we get like these big transformers for our um, for power plants, like these really really big ones. And somebody dug into one and found that there is absolutely remote access technology right. to just turn them off. They're built in hackery from China. 
It's built they in are built in to They are built in to be remotely de- turned off. Well, what if they just tell us we're not going to send you the chips for your guidance for your missiles? And, and we're sending so much now to Ukraine that we literally, there are people going, uh, if we had to use them, we, we don't have the weapons to, def- to, do our, to f- defend ourselves. Oh, yeah. Canada basically said we're out, of, we're out of munitions. I think Germany said the same thing. Germany's running into problems. They, they, couldn't, they could not supply small arms to their own soldiers now because of how much they've given to Ukraine. I saw, uh, and now we can't feed our babies right. because of how much formula we've given to Ukraine. I saw to, why, why, why? I saw five, five, six for forty-four cents a round. That's a pretty good price. Was it steel case? No, brass case. New, full metal factory jacket. new. Yep. Is that P- PMC? Is that PMC bronze? Yeah. It's cheaper Target stuff, but for forty-four cents. Fifty-five grain. Forty-four cents a round. Yeah. Pretty good price. You put it out. You, you shoot that out of like a twenty-inch barrel, and you're. I mean, it's that's that's still pretty smoking. <laughs> so when you go down to that small of a bullet, you lose a lot of the, like the the impact, a lot of the um, the energy on target out of like say a shorter barrel or even like a fourteen and a half inch barrel. But if you go up to like the original M sixteen A one twenty-inch barrel, fifty-five grain is no joke. I wouldn't want to get shot with it. Even out of sixteen well, inch there barrel. There are certain there are certain ammos that are um, that are optimized for certain barrel right, lengths. Right. So if you're shooting like out of a fourteen and a half or a sixteen inch barrel, you know, you're best to go with like a full five five six, like like an M eight fifty five, like a green tip. Yeah. Um sixty two grain. If you're shooting out of something smaller than that, like an eleven and a half, then you're gonna want something like a softer point, like a um, like a 77 grain hollow point because what you're losing in muzzle velocity you want to make up in right. mass of the projectile because right. you're going to lose muzzle velocity right. um but when you're talking about like the good old-fashioned uh vietnam m16s your regular old target ammo is super deadly <laughs> well it'll pass right through you like a night hot knife through butter no it won't no, it won't. When you a get those things jacket? going that fast, when you get those going that fast, you're right. It's coming out. But in between there, oh, it's not just going pieces. straight through. It is. No, it doesn't break into pieces, but it tumbles. Oh, yeah. It makes wounds that you cannot seal. Well, I like that. So remember, <laughs> 55 grain is for target ammo unless, unless you have a vintage M16. And I'm sure that not too many people have those around since they're fully automatic. You can get there's semi-automatic variants. Oh, okay. So. But everyone's got the short guns now. Yeah. So. Twenty inches too unwieldy. Yeah. So get yourself a bunch of green tips and a fourteen and a half inch AR. There you go. Take it from the expert. So the last thing I noticed was, and we I just mentioned this briefly, and I just like to pick on her, and that is the Treasury troll. Janet Yellen says that overturning Roe v. Wade is going to be a bad thing for the economy. It will hurt women economically. She is just, she, oh, I, I can't talk about her. So women spending, women spending more money to take care of their children is going to hurt the economy? No, what she's saying is that women will not be able to buy as many nice pairs of shoes and fashion handbags and baubles and trinkets and stuff 
enjoy. How does that enjoy, hurt the economy if they're well, spending no, the same amount of it, money it, on a it different hurts product? Them because women they want all these pretty little. They want pretty things. They want to consume. That's why. That's how we define what makes somebody successful nowadays. That I can buy more trinkets and bobbits and and fancy shoes and handbags, and that's what makes me happy, and that's what makes gives my life value, as opposed to raising a happy, healthy, productive, loving human being. Yeah, they're literally willing to. What was that? That's I'll exactly my, what she's I'll, saying. I'll give you my firstborn. They're trading their children for it. What is this Rumpelstiltskin? Didn't they? Didn't they? Don't didn't they about trading your firstborn for, to some troll for a? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> is that that? If that is the case, if that's what the original story is, that's a Grimm's fairy tale, right? Yeah. Because that couldn't get any darker. Yeah. Well, I I just Janet Yellen is definitely. A, tr- she's the treasury troll, a gnome, treasury gnome. She's the lawn gnome. But um, yeah, that was her point: is that women won't be able to buy as many consumer products of pretty little things that make their lives happy and meaningful, as opposed to raising children. Because that has never made anybody happy or given their life meaning. Now that is brave new world stuff right there. <laughs> 